Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Whether you're in your garden or hiking through the woods, we have you covered. Call now with your outdoor questions. In Appleton, call 281-1150 or outside the valley, 866-887-1150. From the Myron Construction Studios of WHBY, it's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. Brought to you by Brookdale Appleton Senior Living. Hey, that's us. It is Saturday morning and we've got the band back together. Joey yes. D, after, after my week <laughs> off last week, back here in studio. Glad to be alongside the star of the show, the Elvis of the Outdoors, Rob Zimmer. Hi, Rob. Hi. How are you? I missed you last week. Good. I missed you, too. But it was, Good. It was Hope very, you had fun. It, it was. It was, was it hot uh, down there? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, went to the uh, the NASCAR races down at uh, Joliet, Illinois, and uh, well, we got stormed on on, on Sunday, oh, but it was very, yeah. very warm and muggy, and that, that part of the country, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this time of year, it's, a, it's, it's just hot. a little bit hot, yes. like it has been here the last couple of days, but it's supposed to, mm-hmm. to cool off a little bit. Uh, yeah. We'll get into your week here in just a moment. want to tell you, though, the listeners, give us a call, 281-1150. We are here until 11 o'clock. Anything uh, that you want to talk about, anything you're seeing maybe in the outdoors, and uh, we'll get some topics for you, too, that we will get into here shortly. It's 281-1150 or 866-887-1150. Log on to whby.com. Click on the Contact Us if you wish to email us or get on that Facebook. Yep. Facebook, Rob Zimmer Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Awesome page. Yes, it is. I do is. say so myself. New adventures every day. Yeah, with every Rob day. Zimmer. Exactly. And today's adventure, we head to New London, right? Yes, we're going to go out to New London to talk to Pat Fisher, who is the owner of the Feather Wildlife Rehabilitation Education Center. And it's summer, and that means Pat and her, her crew of dedicated volunteers out there are busy. Uh, if, if you've heard the show before, you follow my Facebook page or follow her Facebook page at the Feather, uh, you know that this is the time of year where they're out banding osprey chicks and kestrel chicks and all sorts of fun things. So Pat's here to talk to us today all about that. Morning, Pat. Good morning, Rob. Hi. How are you doing? It's raining here. Oh, it's Yeah, I'm noticing on the radar. There's a lot of rain up in up in northern Outagamie County and Wapaka County. It's yep. just north of Appleton. Yeah. So how was your day yesterday? It sounds, you tell me you had a pretty good day banding birds yesterday. Unbelievable again. Unbelievable. Oh, good, good. <laughs> how many nests did you do? We did five yesterday and one on Wednesday. Oh, you did? Oh, good. And we lost one over in uh, Kisa's Landing. The chicks got blown out a week ago. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. Does, yeah. does that happen often? Do, do they get blown out a lot? That's the first time it's ever happened for us in 20 years. Really? Oh. That we're aware of. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last year, I think it was last year when uh, I found that one that was blown out of the nest um, in the Wolf River Bottoms wildlife area. And, and your good friend, Mike Young, came out to try to help me rescue that bird, and yeah. we couldn't find it. He was up to his, his chest in, in water trying to find that young bird. But oh. when those storms come, come, um, yeah. Some, so some so what are we talking about here? What's the process it? like? What do you do? Yeah. What? How do, you, how do you go about the banding? Do you want to talk about how the process works when you ban the young osprey? Well, without we energies and climbers, <laughs> we don't get to any of these platforms. So hats off to we energies and and Channel Eleven that comes in and does the 
the PR for us and American Transmission that gives us the platforms to put up. You know, we're on the ground. We're grounded. We can't. Uh, there's nothing we can do without you, these companies. You don't go them. right up in the cage. <laughs> I did a couple times, but oh, did you? Getting, they don't really want to take us up because of the insurance. Oh, issue. I suppose. So, for those who might not be familiar, what what she's talking about is ospreys. A lot of times, they nest on man-made platforms on the top of telephone poles and, and things like that. So, We Energies is gracious enough to um, to go out there and use their their lift trucks to actually bring volunteers up there, or or they will get them themselves to take the chicks out of the nest and bring them down to Pat so she can weigh them, check them, uh, ban them, and put them back up in the nest, right? Right. Yeah, and without them, obviously, you would, you'd probably have a harder time getting up there. So We had a really successful story yesterday. Two years ago, we had a, a female osprey that was over at Gill's Landing in Wyiga, and she was hanging from a live power line wrapped oh. in fishing line. Oh, no. They brought her down. A man from uh, Canadian National on the railway brought her down. And they brought her here, and she was here for about a month, and we released her back at Gill's Landing. And oh. the next year, a photographer from Wapaka took pictures of her in Wapaka. Yeah. And yesterday, at the Waiwiga High School, we banded her chicks. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. F-25. She made two more journeys after she was in rehab. Wow. So she it went to Wapaka and back to Waiwiga. It doesn't get any better than this. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh. And now she's having young again. So she found a mate, and uh, you think it's the same guy, the same mate, the same guy, the same mate, or? Uh, that's mm. hard to tell. Yeah. You know, they, they do stay together unless something happens, and then, you know, then they they will dig at another mate again, just like all the other birds. Right. So so that brings up a good point. One of the one of the main uh, threats to osprey um, are, are, you know, discarded fishing line and hooks and things. I remember when I went banding with you a couple of years ago, one of the chicks that we, we took down from the nest had a big fishing hook right yep. through his foot. Fishing and hook, yep. And they, they and took it out. And we brought him down with, uh, with a twine and wind it around him. And oh, and you know, just different different uh, baleen twine and stuff, not the wire. Just oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Actually, the nest this yesterday, they had no garbage in them at all, which was really cool. Oh good, yep, yeah. They were clean. Yes. Oh, and good. we left a trout on every nest. <laughs> oh good. Trout, we put a little uh, thank you up there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you're still getting fish from people to help feed the osprey that you have you have there at the center. I have people that I cannot believe. You know. There are so many people believe in what we do. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and they keep coming back and they keep helping and thinking, you know, we're I'm on the ground. I'm one person. It's my idea. But those are the guys that make it. They make it happen. Right. And for those of you who who may not be aware, Pat Fisher, uh, she's the wildlife rehab uh, person over there at the Feather, and she needs um, a constant supply of fresh fish to feed the osprey and some yes. of the other birds they have in stock. So if you're out fishing and you catch some extra, or if you want to do a special trip just for Pat, uh, bring over those live fish, or uh, and don't cut them up, don't don't fillet them or anything. She just needs the whole fish. Uh, for the birds to to eat all all year long, really. Three hundred sixty-five days. Three hundred sixty-five right. fish. <laughs> yep, yep. So, I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm finding out that the osprey we have here for education, she is really fussy. <laughs> is she? What is she like? <laughs> it's really funny. I, you can tell exactly the fish that she likes the best because she'll eat a little <laughs> bit of it and the rest will just lay there. And I'm thinking, okay, oh, whatever. What, what is she like? She really likes white bass. They'll show oh. in the, and small panfish she's good on. Yeah. Uh, somebody's been bringing up some sheep's head, but they're, uh, <laughs> they're kind of big, so she's been eating maybe part of those. And they, yeah. She always takes the head off, no matter what. Oh. Always eats the head. <laughs> 
Awesome. So did you see any other cool birds while you were out banding? Actually, yeah. it was so we, we were so intense on ospreys, I don't even oh, yeah. remember seeing any other birds. Yeah. That weather was unbelievable when we were banding. It, it's, and we've never had ospreys this aggressive ever in 20 oh, years. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So they're protected. I think it had a lot to do with the weather. They were just... They were just nuts when we were at the nest site. Yeah. So are they pretty much nesting on time, or are they late or early? or? They're right on schedule. They're right on schedule. Oh, that's good 20 years, they haven't varied one iota. Oh, that's perfect. I love yep. it. Yeah. And we might have one more nest over in Berlin on a, uh, on like a, I don't even know what it's called, a green elevator or something. So we're oh. going to try for one more. Oh, wonderful. Anything else you want to share about your adventures yesterday? No, just thank week. the people that believe in what we do. That's all yep. I can say. Yep. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to donate items or supplies or, or cash or anything like that? It'd be nice if they just go to the the, website or the Facebook page because, you know, all the, all the information is on that. Sure. And that's the Feather Wildlife Rehab slash Education Center on Facebook yep. and all the information is yep. there. Um, and and like, like I said, you, it's not just money that you need. You need a lot of supplies there too, right? Oh, my right? gosh, yes. All yeah. Corn, sunflower seeds all the time, bedding. So. I want to thank you, uh, Rob. Uh, you were the first one that made us aware of the platform over at Harrison on the yes. athletic field. Yeah. They came and got a platform a couple of weeks ago, so that oh, offspring good. next year will have something. Now, will she take it? We don't know, but it'll right. be up. Yeah, because I was so concerned about that bird because I, I watched her over and over this spring uh, in the town of Harrison at the baseball diamond there right on 114 and um, State Park Road. She she attempted to build this nest over and over and over, no. and it sounds like the, the storms just kept blowing it down and blowing it down, and uh, she was very um, uh, determined and tenacious. To, even just last week she was sitting up there still. So. Oh. Um, so I, I contacted Pat to see if she's, there was anything she could do, you know, to talk to those people to see what they could do, because um, obviously they, it's not ideal in the location it is. It's on a power pole, you know, overlooking the baseball diamond. So uh, they were able to, to get a, a platform donated that will be put up over there, hopefully to encourage her to nest there uh, in the subsequent years. So thank you so much for, for bringing remember, that up. Remember, it's not only just doing it, even if you're just the person that starts it. Yeah. Make the effort. Yeah, because yeah. Pat, know, Pat knows what to do. She can. That's that's what I did. I gave her the information, and she took the uh, the horn, bull by the horns, and she went for it. And she <laughs> she got them a platform, and that's that's all we really needed was to give them a thank you an much. option to nest. Thank you. Yeah. So has kestrel banding started yet, or are you done with Actually, that? Actually, we did half of it, and because of the weather and the timing, we lost out on we the chicks out there, but we didn't get to the nest like we did last year. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there's always next year, right? <laughs> Weather's got a lot to do with all this. You, you can't go out and band in the rain. Right, exactly, yeah. And you don't want to upset them in the rain. Exactly, yeah, yep. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for everything you do, and hopefully I'll see you soon, and um, I'm sure we'll talk to you again this summer. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Bye, Pat. Thanks, Bye. Pat. Pat Fisher from the Feather Wildlife Rehab yes. and Education Center in New London. Such an amazing organization. Again, if, you, if you're out fishing this weekend, you know, it's the 4th of July weekend. If you're out fishing, catch a few extra and bring them out to the Feather. Again, they, they prefer whole live fish or, um, you know, recently um, dead, not cut up, not filleted or anything uh, for the osprey there that uh, feed on those. So, And she can take those, you know, even in the winter, ice fishing because she has osprey there as educational birds, at least one. Um, who will only eat fresh fish. So... Hmm.
And right. of course, as she said, they need corn um, and sunflower seeds and bedding for the animals too, and all sorts of stuff. And feel free to just drop it out anytime. Go to their Facebook page at the Feather Wildlife Rehab slash Education Center on Facebook for all the details. All right. Thanks to Pat for joining us today. We've got to take our yeah. first time out here. When we come back, starting to take some phone calls here. We'll get to Diane, I promise. And you'll be first up here after the break. If you'd like to join us, 281 1150. 866-887-1150. Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on HPY. Yeah! <laughs> I should have done that scream. <laughs> Take that, Katrina. Yeah. <laughs> and the way. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm singing. I got to write that down. I need to My do sister it. sent me a thing. She does, She's still performing. She was like in the Netherlands on the 4th of oh, really? July doing, doing huh. some kind of... Fourth of July concert. So. I, I bet well, she's saying walking on sunshine. She can't be here though. She's overseas. But. Well, she's back now. Okay. Maybe. Well, I'll take. I'll take. So I expect her here next weekend. <laughs> you can expect the song in the next break. Here. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is outdoors. We do it every Friday afternoon and Saturday morning until 11 o'clock. I'm Joey D. alongside Rob Zimmer, and let's get to the Settlers Bank phone lines. Wait, that, that's a theme song from a show. What is that? What show is it? Um, I think friends. you might be thinking Friends, but that's not Friends. No, that's the theme song of a show. It, hmm. oh, it's look that up. Me. Right. In the meantime, sorry, caller. Right. If you know, let me know. <laughs> Diane and Oshkosh. Hi, Hi Diane and Oshkosh. Hi, Rob. Is this my friend Diane and Oshkosh? Yes. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Good. I haven't heard from you in forever. What's up? Um, I have a Canada red cherry tree. I don't know if you're familiar with it. You know, it's the tree with red leaves, and it, it gets us on the branches, these big, like, lesions. They're maybe about eight inches long, and I wondered if you know about that. It's sort of killing my tree. What color are they? I mean, are they... Oh, it's all turns brown, and they're oozing out of, I don't know, the bark is real ugly looking. It, are they orange? Are they? No, brown. No, brown. Um, is there a way that you can send me a picture? It, it could, because it, it could be a lot of different things. There's some, um, um, there's different rusts that kind of take the form of like a, a lesion. There's also, you know, black knot fungus, which is pretty common with cherry trees. Um, there's different things that it could possibly be. It, have you touched it? It sounds kind of gross, but have you? Is it hard and, and dry, yeah, or is it mushy? Hard and dry. There's no mushiness. It's just it like it's like an eruption out of the uh, branch. Real ugly looking. So it's not like it's not sap or anything. It's actually like a. Is it more like a fungus? Do you think? I don't know. Because there are there are several different things like black black knot fungus and because and, and just some background it's because this year has been so cold and so wet up until now you know up until the last week a lot of fungal issues and things like that have really been um, um, making a, a themselves present making themselves known so uh-huh. um, yeah it can it can if it's black knot which I'm assuming just from what you're you're describing. Um, yeah. you would have to, pr- you can prune that out and I don't know how severe it is if it's every branch or just certain areas of the tree, but you it can, just, prune- I never saw it this bad this year. Yeah. It's, it's also, it's probably again, because of the weather, like this is, the, this has been the coolest, wettest spring we've had in, you know, five or six years really. And it, it's been really wet 
and uh, the cool weather. Like we, we, we were so cool all during the spring that fungal issues are just about everywhere. Um, yeah. You could also contact c- contact a professional arborist in the area. There's uh-huh. cell nurturing tr- shrub care. There's ranger services. They'll come down and they can do a fungal spray, a, a, a treatment of that, and they can help you prune out some of those areas that, that have the fungus and, and really just decide if it is black knot fungus to begin with. Um, you could also take a picture or if you can get a little piece of it, bring it to the Winnebago County Master Gardeners and, and they can help you identify exactly what it is to the UW Extension there. They can okay. help you identify exactly what it is, and they they have lots of uh, free resources for how to deal with that too. But um, so All right. yeah, so I would either I I'd either call a professional arborist, have them come out and take a look at it and determine exactly what it is, um, yeah. and then they can help you prune out those bad areas, and they can do a treatment too, the fungal spray or fungal fungicide spray. Um, uh, what, does or, that kill the tree? Um, it, it usually doesn't kill the tree uh, unless it's completely, completely covered in it. You know, I, I've seen trees that are pretty heavily covered in black knot fungus, whether it's, you know, out in the wild, you know, some, you know, service yeah. berries or, or choke cherries or something like that, or um, even in backyards. It usually doesn't kill it, but it can girdle certain branches and certain parts of the tree where those yeah. trees might have to be pruned back all the way back, you know, to the to the main trunk even. So um, th- the... T- taking those portions out, you know, t- t- pruning those cankers out or those lesions out will help it from spreading, keep it from spreading. Because once those reach a certain age, their spores pop out and then they're blowing all over the rest of the tree. So I'd get them pruned out as soon as you can. Uh, that's okay. why I either do it yourself or contact an arborist or um, uh, to have them come and take a look at it. Because sure. it's, it's pretty simple to control once once it's, you know, once they've eliminated the fungal, the, the branches that have the fungus and once they've um, sprayed it. it. It's just a regular treatment of spray then, like every, depending on the variety um, of fungicide, it's, it's every two weeks or three weeks or even, you know, just a couple times a year, depending what they use. Sure. So I, I'm assuming, well, though, it's just the weather. It's been so cool and so wet that um, I'm seeing a lot of different funguses in a lot of different places. The other the other um, possibility is it could be one of the rusts that are out there. There's a lot of uh, what are called rusts, but they don't really look like rust. They actually look like gross blobs on the tree, and sometimes they're orange or, or reddish or, or brown. Um, but they're usually soft, and you can, like, touch them, and they're, like, mushy. So uh, it sounds yeah. to me like no, you probably have the fungus. No, not that. Yeah. Yeah, and it could also be there's a couple other, like, cankers and stuff that that it could sort be, too. Sort of like but... a canker that yep. it's, like, blowing out of it, yep. out of the branch. Yeah, so that's probably what it is. It's probably, there's a couple different kinds. There's a black knot and there's a couple other different fungal diseases too. But whichever one it is, you know, an arborist could come out and prune right. that off for you and then give it a good fungicide spray and that should take care of it. All right. And then well, hope for a nice so hot much. spring next year. You're welcome and good luck with the tree. All right, thank you. Okay, yep, have a good day. Bye. Thanks, Diane. Bye. 281 uh, Let's talk with Bill in Appleton. Good morning, Bill. Hi, Bill. I have two questions for you. One is we have a, a fairly new house, and for the last two or three years we've been planting daisies, and about this time of year they shrivel up and die, and they're, we're planting them next to uh, some iris, and I'm wondering if there's some incompatibility there, or I don't know what the problem is. There shouldn't be. Now, when you say they shrivel up and die, do you mean the whole plant dies or just the flower? The whole plant. It 
looks like oh. it's dry, but I can't imagine that. No, I, I can't either. And this, I mean, this is about the time, I mean, daisies were at peak probably a couple weeks ago. So this time of year, you know, the flowers would normally start to dry up, but the plant itself should be pretty, pretty green and pretty uh, tough yet. Are they in, what kind of soil are they in? Are they in heavy clay or, or nice black dirt or Well, it's, it's soil? not the best soil. It's kind of clay kind of clay. And that could be part of it. It could be that they're rotting in the clay. Um, most daisies like it pretty dry. Um, you know, if you, daisies in the wild, they're more of a prairie plant. They're, they're found in, you know, dry sandy soils is where most of them are found. And depending on the hybrid that you have, you know, some of them still prefer that dry sandy soil. All so right. it, it could be that they're, they're too wet. Um, Daisies for for the the size of the plant they have very little root mass. I mean, some of the plants just barely sit on the soil, and then their roots kind of just snake in a little bit. So they could be having a hard time getting into that clay. Um, it could be just too compacted from from the wet weather we've had. Right. Um, we'll so try to put some better dirt in there next year. Yeah, I was going to say maybe maybe amend the soil a little bit with some compost or some organic matter, yeah. you know, and try that. But um, if you can at least get them go to go to seed, they reseed like crazy. So once those little seedlings are established, they're pretty hard to get rid of. In fact, they can be kind of aggressive. Do you know what, what type of daisy it was? Do you know the I, exact variety? I think it may be a Shasta, but I'm not sure. Shasta, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, 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 and even this year, if they're still partially alive, you know, you could pop them up and, and dig a bigger hole around them maybe and stick in some nice fresh soil um, uh, with some compost added, maybe 50-50 garden soil and compost mixed together, and that might give them a chance for the rest of the year to kind of uh, perk up. Usually they don't need fertilizer. They don't need anything like that. They just need sun and heat and dry weather. So um, uh, it could be, again, because of that clay, maybe they're just in, in a little bit of too compacted soil. All right, we'll try that. My other question is, yep. in our whole neighborhood, the crabapple trees are looking awful, and maybe it, you were just talking about the yeah. dry and cold so is that are they going to be okay next year oh they should be yeah if we get some like like we've had the, the hot weather the last couple of days um, that should dry them off and you know dry them out really good burn some of that off and hopefully they'll be fine next year um, I've noticed what you said too the the trees are looking um, kind of haggard for this time of year and I think it yeah, has the been they're all yellow and they're blowing off and it's yeah yeah, and I think it's it's the same. I th I'm sure it's weather-related. I, I don't think there's any, other than the funguses that we were just talking about, some of the uh, just general funguses because of the weather. It's been such a uh, such a good year. I, I don't want to say good year, but it's been such a, a good year for fungal diseases. So um, any, any fungicide spray you could put on there or, um, and I don't know if it's your trees or other people's, but, you know, if they can get them treated, um, and just keep a regular treatment going for the rest of the summer. But if we get if we get some nice warm weather and it stays nice and dry and sunny, it should kind of uh, burn it off a little bit, so they should be fine next year. All right, great. Thanks a lot. Okay, you're welcome. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 281-1150-866-887-1150. Time to take our bottom of the hour break. We will come back, take some more of your phone calls. We'll check the emails and Facebook. Got top ten for you and much, much more. It's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer, HPY. the theme song of the show too <laughs> it probably is Huey Lewis. <laughs> the other one was uh was party of five i think oh party of five i think oh i remember that show i'm pretty I sure i should have looked that up i used to watch it i think you're right that's <laughs> i think the bodines had the, the uh, yes party of five this is huey it's his birthday today is it oh happy yeah. birthday huey yeah he has a lot of good songs 69 years young for huey hope he's doing all right a lot of good talk. Yeah, he was having some some health concerns within the last year. I know that, but oh really? Yeah. Happy birthday, 
Huey Lewis you remind me of and Huey. his news. You remind me of Huey Lewis. <laughs> I do. You kind of look like him. <laughs> well, all right then. You're I've square. never been to. <laughs> well, that I've been to. I'm definitely something. He had a lot of good songs. He really did. Yeah. 281-1150. The phone lines are jammed, so let's head to Little Shoot and talk with Oni. Hi, Oni. Hi. Hi, Oni. Joey, you beat me to it. I was going to call to let <coughs> Rob know that it was the Bodines and it was Party Five. Oh, right. thank you, thank you, thank you. I do you. have a question though. Yeah. That that was spurred by your the follow the previous caller. Sure. We have a crab apple tree that gets the leaves get all yellowish and yucky and start falling off every year. This happens, and the tree never dies, but it's it gets you know like we've got leaves all over the place in the summer when it should stay on right. the tree and be green. Yeah. It's probably a, a fungus like I was talking about. You you probably have what's called it's very common, it's just called apple scab, which a lot of trees have. Okay. Um, and how you how you control that, how you get that under control is well there's a couple different things. You could do a, a dormant oil spray like um, you know, late in the winter or, or in the uh, winter or early early spring. Um, that helps or as soon as the leaves start to break in the spring, um, just a, a general all-purpose fungicide and just spray the tree. I'm not sure how big it is, but spray the tree, and then you just have to keep that up every, you know, every few weeks throughout the summer. Some 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 of the products are every two weeks, like seven to fourteen days. Some are even longer than that. But um, and you it, have to reach all the leaves. Yeah, underside and well, if you do it the the first time, obviously the leaves aren't out yet. You want to do it just at leaf break because that it, yeah. it it can start right away. Um, and again, I'm just assuming it's apple scab because that's one of the most common causes of yellowing leaves in, in, in crab apples. And because it's been such a, a again, it's been such a cool, wet, damp year that those funguses are just are just um, going crazy. So, um, yeah, we couldn't reach all of them. Did, yeah, so you could have someone come out and spray them. Yeah, you yeah. could have someone come out and spray them. I'm sure it's it's not that expensive to have them spray with a fungicide every uh, once a month or so. Uh, call an call an arborist and see if they come out and do that to you or for you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. All right, have a good weekend, Oni. Appreciate it. Two eight one eleven fifty. And apple scab, apple you know. Scab. Yeah, it, you but, know, pe- people are familiar with it usually on you know their edible apples because it gets you know the scabs and stuff yeah. on there. But on crab apples and, and a lot of things in that family, uh, it causes the the leaves to turn yellow and brown sometimes early in the summer and. Um, yeah, and it's it's because we've had such a wet spring. You know, yeah. a lot of those funguses are caused um, by the cool, wet weather, and it's been a very cool, wet spring so, yes, and summer is. so far. So, all right, out to line three on the Settlers Bank phone lines. It's Clyde. Hi, Clyde. Hi, Clyde. Hey, I was talking to you yesterday. I think I figured out how to use my hearing aid. Oh, good. <laughs> good. good. I can hear you very good. Oh, awesome. So anyway, the questions, and I know you were given answers on it. I did. I black walnuts. I got a whole bunch of them, uh, trees, oh, about 20 of them out in the back. Yeah. Well, one got hit by lightning, and I know you're explaining to me uh, who to call or whatever. Yeah. And what do I do? It's about 20 feet high. Oh, 20 feet? Three, four inches in diameter, yeah. Yeah. So what I would do, I, I would contact a professional arborist, and there's a couple in our area. There's Selner Tree and Shrub Care. I'm sorry, what was that one? Selner, S-E-L-N-E-R. Okay. Tree and shrub care. They're in Green Bay. They would come down and take a look at it and see what they could do to save it. Um, there's also ranger services. 
Okay. So either one of those, they could come out and take inspect the tree, uh, tell you, you know, if, if it, you know, it, what they can do to either either give it new life and vitality up there, or if they think, you know, you're going to have to prune it or do something to to help it yeah, continue I to like grow. To try and get them to draw, grow as straight and straight yeah. up as possible, but yeah. maybe it'd be a good idea to help me out with the rest of them. Yeah, I, and they... After about 10 years now, so... Yeah, so have one of them come out and take a look at the tree, and, and they can tell you exactly what to do uh, to get that back to back to its proper shape. <laughs> so, and then yeah, we were talking about the fish. You had the, the um, koi that you're trying to find new homes for. Correct. And yeah. you had left your number. Did you want to leave your number again? Uh, my number? Yeah, if people want to, if people are interested in some coin. 9708, my cell, and then the uh, uh, home phone is 7350809. And, and uh, Clyde does have some koi that he's looking to find a new home for, unless a, unless a big great blue heron moves in and takes well, care then, of them for uh, you. He, he, yeah, I planted this, uh, I put this pond out here about 15 years ago, and People can't figure out how come they, <laughs> I don't have to even replace them. Because they keep making new ones. Yep, <laughs> yep that's what koi do. <laughs> they are actually considered invasive in Wisconsin. So, um, yeah. So well, there's a neighbor here. There's a black, uh, duck creek runs behind me. He said, throw them in the creek. No, please don't. That, that's exactly what people oh, do. Yeah. And then they yep, show yep. up in I the said, lake. No, no. First yeah. of all, I heard somebody say one time, if you want to get rid of them, just throw a trout in there. Oh, really? You know what you could do if you can catch them, uh, at least some of the smaller ones. Pat Fisher, who was just on with me, I bet she would use them for, for her osprey. I know koi, osprey eat koi, so if you can catch some of the smaller ones, generally they have to be like eight inches or smaller, uh, but I'm sure she'd be happy to take some of those for free to take her osprey, uh, to feed her osprey. Oh, they certainly can. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, good idea. If, if, did you hear the first part of the show when she was on? Yes, I did, but I didn't get her number. Yep. Um, her number is 920. <laughs> is it nine, the one that you gave me? Yeah. Okay. Nine, nine, eight, nine, oh, eight. interrupted in there. Yeah. Nine, it's Joey. He's so rude. No, well, I have the number <laughs> for you. I know. I, I, I just kidding. Hear one voice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here's Joey. 982 <laughs> 6578. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, call her and see okay, if her okay, Osprey would take. Let's start over. Nine two zero, I heard, and I got that. But then all of a sudden, nine two zero, what? Nine eight two six five seven eight. Six five seven eight. Six five seven eight. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know those are a rascal to catch. Yeah, <laughs> and she likes they, they like them live, you know, for the birds, uh, oh, at yes, least whole. Yes, yes, yes. So and and generally smaller ones, like eight inches or less. I think if it's bigger than that, it would be too well, big. Some of but... these are about four inches long, and I got one that's twenty-eight inches long. Oh gosh! Well, really? I bet she would love them for her osprey out there. So if you can catch okay, some, so it's nine eight two six five seven 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 eight seven eight. Thank you much. Yep. Okay. okay. And then your lilacs, we were talking about that one. If you missed that one, I, I said basically fall is the best time to transplant those. All right. Yep, yep. All right. Yeah, I, I was with the Arbor Society for over 30-some years. Oh, you were? Oh, good. I had success with some and some without. But then I found out that they usually get the evergreen, uh, whichever way you want to go with that. Mm -hmm. But they don't like a lot of water. Lilacs or? No, no, the evergreens. Um, pine trees. Oh, Okay. 
Right, yeah. Right. Evergreens, a lot of times, they grow. it depends on the evergreens. Some like moist areas, but most of them like it yep, pretty dry. Yep. yep. So I don't want to bother you uh, too much time and for two days, but... <laughs> it's all right. I well, thank like you. I appreciate the answer back, but I, I do appreciate the... Uh, for 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 the no, the fish and could you give me her name? It's Pat, P A T Fisher, like fish, er. <laughs> Pat Fisher. Fisher, yep. All right, thank you very much. You're All welcome. Right. Thanks, Good Clyde. Luck. Yeah, tell yeah. him. And, and maybe she'll call you too because she could send one of her volunteers out there to catch him for you. Yeah, there you go. If you're listening, Pat, Clyde has some fish for you. Okay. You got one more break to get to here. We will come back and uh, we'll talk with Sally in Green Bay and take your calls as well. 281-1150. Got to get to a top 10 as well. Yeah. Lots oh my to gosh, get it's to. already quarter to 11. I know. It's just flying I didn't by. get to do half my show. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks to the callers. That's okay, though. Yep. Uh, back with more Outdoors, Rob Zimmer after this, HBY. Oh, Katrina. <laughs> here it is. My jam. <laughs> I got so excited. That's like the first time you heard it or something. I know, right? We need to like make this officially. Yes. But today, it's supposed to come out at it's some supposed. point. I know. Yesterday, they were saying today and tomorrow were supposed to be so beautiful, and it's been cloudy and rainy all morning so far. So. T- tomorrow's supposed to be, tomorrow, Monday, are supposed yeah. to be really, really nice. Today, That's good, because I have some big plans. I'm going on a... Uh, a s- adventure, Robinson. These excellent adventures oh, are happening boy. Monday, and I, I have a very specific target in mind. So if we if we find it, uh, you're gonna hear it. Okay. If I find it, oh my gosh, I'll be like the Can't happiest wait. person in the world. Okay, we'll hear about yeah. that next week here yes. on the show. We do it every Friday and Saturday. And Cindy doesn't know where we're going. Oh, uh-huh. oh boy, that I get a surprise in her. It's like it's somewhere I've never been. So got to make it a little more fun. Yeah. That's Rob Zimmer. I'm Joey D here for a couple more minutes. 281 <laughs> Oh, she is. You know she is. I hope so. Uh, so is Sally in Green Bay. Hi, Sally. Sally in Green Bay. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good. Good. I missed the last couple of your shows, and you may have touched on this. Oh. But, and I'm sure you have. I, I've heard of some of them. But the Monarchs. And yes. Caterpillars and the milkweed. Okay. Yep. I have raised five of them. One hatched out yesterday. I released, and I've oh. got another one did this morning, and two more ready to go today. Oh this wow! My first year trying this, <gasps> but oh. um, and I have a good sized patch of milkweed. So I found twenty five caterpillars, <gasps> and I had these in their house, and the you know that I'm raising. But I found twenty five more caterpillars. About fifteen were larger, ready to probably form the chrysalis. Twenty five more. 15, um, so, uh, well, I mean, that were on the plant. Yeah, wow. And uh, about 10 small ones. And, of course, they were there, and all of a sudden, one day I come out, and they're all gone. Um, oh. I'm hoping the big ones, you know, crawled off and yeah. under chrysalis, but the 10 ones, I'm sure. What? Okay, they always talk about how birds don't eat them because they have the toxins from the milkweed, but there's something's eating them. So give me suggestions on what is eating them. Yeah. I do have a lot of birds around here. I feed the birds, so I've got the bluebird houses, so there's a lot of tree swallows. I've got yep. wrens. I've got bluebirds. Uh, my oh. uh, my bet would be the wrens. Wrens uh, oh. eat caterpillars, and and it is true that you know they don't you know they they will spit out you know but it's probably too late. They they will spit out bigger ones, but some of the smaller ones, if they're pretty small, there are birds. There are some insects that can eat them too. 
Um, so yeah, I was watching for the insects. The only ones I could see was like that milkweed beetle or bug. Yeah, and they don't uh, they don't harm them. They're yeah, actually they, good for the plant. I would right. bet your house wrens, because house wrens are feeding their their young right now, okay. um, and they're probably in, going through those milkweeds, grabbing them. Uh, there's also tree frogs. If you have gray tree frogs, yeah. they they eat uh, milkweed. They right, eat small caterpillars. Frogs. There's frogs around here too, and I thought maybe the toads, you know. Yep. Probably um, not toads because they don't climb up, but the tree frogs, I've actually seen tree frogs sit on milkweed, you know, because the milkweeds have oh. those parallel leaves. They sit up okay. there and uh, they just hunt hunt there and they'll they'll grab, they'll snag uh, monarch caterpillars because they don't, you know, when they're small, they don't have enough toxins built up in their systems yet to make them okay. you know, worthy okay. spitting out. But it is possible that um, they are still there. A lot of times they, they crawl down to the ground, especially in hot weather and, and certain weather. They'll, they'll crawl down to the ground, but they'll crawl back up on the plant later. So uh, don't give up hope. It's, well, it's possible have, they're still I've there. Check, I've been checking three times every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost, and I haven't. So I'm waiting for the next generation, and I do have... Uh, Butterfly weed here. I also bought yep. some of the metal blazing star you talked about. Yes. I'm, wait, I'm waiting to see what happens this year, yep. this year with the uh, butterflies with that. Yeah, but that I one have, That one you, usually blooms late, so that, that right. blooms about the time they're migrating. So watch for right. that one in mid to late August, and then you'll, you'll get lots of monarchs on that. And I'm waiting for that. So I'm hoping that, um, okay, so I'll just keep watching for the caterpillars and bring more in after these have all hatched here now. Yeah. In a couple of days, and I will... You know, and, and that's just it. I had, boy, they, they certainly eat a lot. So I had they do <laughs> in this butterfly house. How many do you think I can get away with putting in that house? It depends how big it is. I've seen people put quite a few in there. And, and even if you can't take care of them, I'm sure you could, uh, you're in Green Bay, but you could always donate them. I mean, um, I know Butterfly Gardens of Wisconsin would take some if, if you have, if you can get down here to Appleton. And, you know, maybe there's other people who can, who can help you. Um, but, uh, you know, the wrens, I, I would bet the ones that are disappearing, it, those house wrens, they're, they're feeding their young right okay. now. And they, they have to eat, too, which is, okay. you know, OK. But <laughs> and I, you know, and I know they always talk about the birds not eating them. And I thought, well, there has to be a bird eating them. So probably yeah. the wrens. Yeah, okay, I would so say. And, and the bluebirds are possible, too. But the wrens are so small, they, they flip between those leaves. They can sit on those milkweed leaves and they eat, you know, snatch them away. And when they're small, they don't have a lot of that toxic Okay, uh, chemical in okay. them. Then but good job. Thank you so much for sharing oh, yeah. that. Yeah, well, and I'm just starting with this. And after all you're talking about this, and oh. on your Facebook page, I've gotten so into it. It's like, okay, I need to do more than just five a year. But yeah. <laughs> just in the starting process. Well, keep calling and give us updates. Okay, great. Thank okay, you. thank you. Yep. Thanks, Sally. Bye, Sally. Appreciate the call. 281-1150. Probably no time for uh, another call because oh, gosh. we've only got about... Two that was and a fast hour. Go. We got to get to this top ten list. What do we got yep. today? Top ten list is by request. I wanted. I had a lot of requests with the the hot weather this past week. People wanted to know about annuals that do the best in hot weather. So hmm. my top ten heat loving annual flowers. Here we go. And number. 10. Number 10 are your salvias, all your different salvias and sages. There's lots of different kinds. There's the, you know, there's the classic big red, big red one, but there's also black and blue salvia and others that are great. Pineapple sage is another great one with red flowers. Number 9. Number 9, verbena, whether it's the tall verbena, uh, that is a great monarch food, by the way, Sally, if you're listening, try to find some tall verbena, which is awesome, um, or the trailing verbena, too, that makes a nice big um, fan-shaped uh, plant, and they come in all different colors. Number 8. Number 8. Eight snapdragons. That's the annual plant of the year this year, and snapdragons love the hot, dry weather. Number seven. Number seven, marigolds. Marigolds are great. 
uh, kind of tropical plants for hot, dry places. Number six. Number six, petunias. Petunias have been waiting all spring and early summer for this heat. Now that it's here, I hear a lot of people telling me that their petunias are just exploding. Halfway through top ten heat-loving annuals. Number five. Number five, I, I threw this in here. It's technically a bulb or a rhizome, but a lot of people treat them as annuals. Cannas, the big giant canna lilies with the beautiful foliage and the big kind of flag-like flowers in all different colors, red and yellow and pink and orange. Those are great for hot weather. Number four. Number four, calabacoa or superbells or million bells, whatever you call them. They're basically miniature petunias um, that don't need a lot of deadheading, and they love the hot weather. Number three. Number three is another excellent one for monarchs, Sally, and whoever else is listening. Lantana, the beautiful, beautiful lantana. You can buy it as a, a, a tree form. You can buy it as a spreading form. You can buy it upright. Um, it has very fragrant kind of citrusy scented flowers um, in pink and orange and yellow and red and monarchs just love that and so do hummingbirds. Number two. Number two. Whew, I'm going fast here. <laughs> Moss to, roses. Right? One minute left. <laughs> Moss roses are kind of like a succulent and they love hot dry weather. They're kind of a creeping kind of sprawling plant with big beautiful flowers in all different colors. Top 10 heat loving annuals and numero uno. Numero uno. Our zinnias, one of my favorite flowers for, again, monarchs. Zinnias are one of the top plants for monarchs, especially later in the summer when they're migrating. They come in all sorts of colors, uh, all sorts of shapes and sizes. You can get little six-inch ones. You get three- or four-foot ones. And flowers can be an inch across or six inches across, and they're just gorgeous. So, And zinnias love it hot. There you go. All right. Man, that just flew by, didn't it? It did. I can't believe it. <laughs> How about we do it again next week? I will be here. What did we just have? We had a great show. We had a great show. Great show. We'll do it again yep. next week. <laughs> have a great rest of your holiday weekend. We'll see you back here Friday afternoon and Saturday morning outdoors with Rob Zimmer, HPY. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.